0: Thank you. How's it going? I'm Pastor Alberto. I want to welcome you to the AB Collective Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, whether you're watching on YouTube, you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you so much for watching or listening. We appreciate it. And really quick, we ask you to do us a favor. If you're not following us, be sure to give us a follow and also leave us a comment and a like. We'd love to hear from you, hear what you think, but it also helps us gain more traction and more visibility. And if the podcast or the video has blessed you in any way, please do us a favor and share it with somebody that can bless them as well. But I'm extremely excited about a conversation we're getting ready to have today. I'm also excited about what we're doing today. We're actually filming with a live studio audience in our home. There are millions of people in my kitchen. (laughs) There's about like 15, but nonetheless... We're super excited about that, but I'm also excited about our guests, so join me in welcoming Pastor Nate. Pastor Nate, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. I've been looking forward to this interview for the past few weeks, super excited about just what I sense God wants to do and yeah. just in the leading of this conversation, but uh, really quick, could you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do and where you're from?
1: Well, I'm from Fresno, California. Um, I think all I need to say is that I'm a PK. Okay. So you can fill in all the all gaps All right, thank from you for there. tuning in. We'll see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> so just pray for me. Um, no, um, I've been a pastor now at the church that I grew up at for seven years. Okay. Um, and along that journey, my roles have changed to now I'm sitting in the second chair and wow. being able to decide where we're going and how we're doing what we do. I love it. Our mission is to bring our city back to God. I serve the best pastor that I can. I don't just say that because I, he's my father. I say that right. because he is, he's the pastor of our city. Um, I serve alongside pastors that are um, doing amazing work. You just had our youth pastor on a couple episodes ago, and he is killing it. I just want to say Alex is killing it. Wow, And so uh, I I
0: love what we get to do. Wow, that's awesome. I know your guys at church is doing incredible work. I know you're doing incredible work. I know that you have a great heart for ministry and a great heart for people. I could just see that through social media, it just bleeds through. And it's interesting. I wanted to have this conversation with you because you're leading from the second chair. And uh, I think this conversation is important for people, whether you're an associate pastor, youth pastor, children's pastor, or a leader of a pastor, because at any extent, we're all helping lead someone or something. And uh, I sometimes think that the executive role is extremely hard, or the second chair is really hard because you're so close To the main visionary and i guess one of the questions that i would ask for you is how do you lead effectively from the second chair and maybe what are some of the challenges that you've experienced from leading to the second chair
1: well let me let me take a step back from that conversation and Mm -hmm. start with i didn't always think that the second chair was a good chair to sit in Mm. i always thought that the second chair was a stepping stone to the first chair wow that my ultimate goal wow. was I'm going to be the lead pastor one day and I just need to get through this season of second chair. And when I had that mindset mm. of sitting in the second chair as a stepping stone, I lived in so much frustration Wow, because I didn't see it for what it was, that it was an opportunity for me to grow in gifts that God needed me to grow in, to wow. deal with, to learn to serve people in ways that I needed to learn to serve people. But so when I saw it as a stepping stone, then I missed that season for a couple of years wow. and I lived in this frustration. But when I, sit, when I saw the second chair as what it is, as a gift, there's actually this thing called freedom that's there. Wow. It's the freedom to be who I need to be without the responsibility of the first chair. Wow. It's interesting because you said, when I looked at the
0: second chair as a stepping stone, essentially, I just kind of want to unpack that, I lived in a sense of frustration, when I shifted my perspective and began to see it as a place that God had me for to grow me and to, and to benefit me and to utilize me in that space, it changed everything. There's a lot of people in the context of the church yeah. that are serving in the position with the hopes of getting to a lead position or to a certain type of position. Yeah. So my question is, how were you able to shift the paradigm? How were you able to shift your perspective to get you to see it the way as God wanted you to see it?
1: Well, as tough as it is to, <laughs> to admit this, I had to learn that it's not about me. Mm. Like we're conditioned, especially in the world that we live in, that everything you do is about you. Mm. And as much as we preach that it's about everybody else and about the world, we even find that in our context of the church, that church leadership can become all about us.
0: Mm.
1: And the the thing that helped me shift my perspective was learning that and hearing that from a from a mentor of mine that consistently said, here's what you needed to hear wow. is that it's not about you. Wow. When I learned that it's not about me, then I had to ask the question, well, then who's it about? Well, then it's about the glory of God. Wow. So yeah. when it's about God, then I understand, wait, then God has more control in this. Mm. More, more decisions have been made by God in the position that I'm at than by my own abilities, by my own giftings, by my own influence. Yeah. This is something that God has ordained. That wow. means then God has a purpose behind it. If God's wow. ordained it, then God has a purpose behind it. Wow. And so I had to learn. I had to give myself a theological lesson that I preached to everybody else, even about my second chair leading. Wow. Is that it's not about me. Wow. That's, I mean, that's, that's heavy and that's deep and that's incredible.
0: Now, when your perspective shifted, how did that change
1: your leadership leading from that lane? Well, I, I, can, I can answer that question by what I think it is, or I can answer by what people described me as, as a leader. Okay. I was a self-centered leader. I was a leader that was harsh. I was a leader that was all about me. Now I'm able to walk in some humility. I'm able to know what honor looks like. You said something a couple of weeks ago, honor isn't something you can command. Mm. It's a choice that you have to make. Wow. And so I, I had to make that choice. And now I've seen the gift of what honor does when I live in honor, when I honor up, when I honor down, when I honor all around, as Mike Todd would say. Yeah. When I honor, that's, that shifted. I can actually care about people. Wow. Instead of walking into a room and thinking everybody wants to know what I have to say, yeah. I actually get to walk in a room and hear what other people have to say. Wow.
0: Wow, man, I feel like that's that's so heavy. I know that as people watch this, it's gonna begin to speak to them. I know it's definitely challenging me and speaking to me from someone who was a lead pastor to someone who's now an associate pastor and going back and forth in that role. Now, here's a question I have for you. I know that as the second chair, part of your assignment is to carry the vision of the lead pastor. How do you influence that vision throughout the fabric of the church? How are you able to lead um, I guess, change and lead the vision through your respective position?
1: Well, I had, to first, I, had to have, I had to first attach myself to the vision. Okay. You can't communicate a vision that you don't attach to. How did you attach yourself to the vision? I had to realize that it's not my job okay. to have my own vision. So that was part of that perspective yeah. shift. So, so it's not my job to have my own vision. I, was, I grew up, because it was about me, saying, well, then I have to have my own vision for my life. And where a mentor of mine says, where there is two visions, there's division. And our job, better rewind that, <laughs> write that
0: down, tweet it, at mention him.
1: That, yeah, that's <laughs> a mentor of mine that gave that to me. Where there's two visions, there's a division, and we right. find ourselves trying to find visions for the house of God that God hasn't called us to lead. Mm. And so I had to realize, wait, God's put me in a position to not be the decider of the vision, but to be the one that figures out the system of the vision. Wow! And so I attached myself in purpose to the vision and said, now my job is to communicate what God has given to this house. God hasn't given it to me, God's given it to this house. Then I'm responsible to God who I, who I communicate that to and how I communicate that to. We mm. often think that when we're in second tier leadership that we have like no influence. When really is we have every bit of influence minus one person. Wow but all we see in our life is what we don't have rather than what we do have. on, God's given us so much to influence and all we want to see is where God hasn't taken us yet rather than where God wants us to be responsible for. And in shifting that mindset of not just seeing the second chair as a stepping stone and seeing it as, man, this is where God's, I was able to turn around and see, well, I have such a large area of influence, of care. All influence is, is the ability to care for others correctly. And so I I, I was able to turn away from myself, turn away from this focus of this persona that I wanted to be and look to those around me and say, how can I, and we we just talked about this, mm-hmm. how can I add value to everybody around me? Yeah. And I add value to them by giving them vision. God's wow. given vision over the house. I'm going to communicate it. Habakkuk two I'm going to make it as plain and wow. simple so everybody can run with it. No matter what area, no matter what person, no matter what age, my job is to take the vision I've heard and make it as simple and plain so other people can run with it. Wow, where well, there's two visions, that's D vision, God has given you the ability to influence
0: so many people but one. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the people that God has given you responsibility over, that's, I mean, I'm literally trying to digest everything that you're saying. Now, here, here's a question that I have for you. What would you say to that individual who's thinking, well, if I give my entire life to serving someone else's vision, what's going to happen with the vision that I have for my life? Do I miss out on that? Do I lose that? Um,
1: What happens to it? I I think you first have you had you have to ask yourself the vision that you have, the purpose, the callings, the gifts of God in your life. Do they support the vision that you're under? Mm. If they don't support, right, then you probably need to go somewhere. That's good, and that's a tough conversation. That's because that's a conversation. Do I need to step out of comfort? Am I am I really willing to risk? As you know, what risk looks like? Am I willing to risk what I may have for what God is calling me to do? Mm. Yeah. Those are conversations a lot of people don't want to have. They want to have the conversation of, I want to be the lead, but what if I'm not the lead? And what if my life doesn't match up with the vision of the household? If it does, then you have to ask yourself an introspective question. Is it just me that's getting in the way of accomplishing this vision? Because all I see throughout Scripture is every time that somebody submitted to the vision that God had given to the man or the woman that was leading, they grew from it. They benefited from yeah, it. Their gifts good. and their callings were, were made in a greater, or multiplied in a way that addition couldn't do in their life, where they could have just walked down another road. Right. But because they submitted themselves, it made them better. I would encourage people, and I've learned this. Like I had to realize, and I'll talk about me for a second. I have the same last name as the pastor who has been pastoring a city for 26 years. There was a season in my life that I said, I just want to do my own thing. Okay. And I said, well, I I don't want to be known as this guy. I don't want to be known as the son of this guy. I don't want to have to walk in his shadow. And I started to see that almost as a cursing. But shift my perspective over those years of realizing it's not about me, that covering wasn't a cursing. It was a blessing. Wow. It let me be who I needed to be. It let me in rooms that I probably wouldn't have gotten into wow. if it wasn't for the name that I do have. Wow. And I'll just I'll just I'll just wear that. God has put us into positions to serve people that may not be about the ultimate vision, but so that he can create something in you that he couldn't create outside of this purpose that you're in right now. Don't run from the area that you're in because it's uncomfortable. Don't Come run on. from the area that you're so in because you, don't, uh, because you don't like the, the preference of the pastor, the perspective wow. of the pastor. If the purpose of God's glory is being accomplished, then you need to sit there until God tells you to go somewhere. Wow. If you had a mic in your hand, you could drop it I- right now. But we can only afford one, so we
0: wouldn't let you do that. <laughs> Man, that is incredible. I mean, it's true what you're talking about. I think sometimes as leaders, we're focused on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And we don't realize that when we serve our leaders, we are under a mantle, we are under a covering, we are under a specific grace and we don't recognize that the favor that we currently have in our lives probably has nothing to do Come with on. us and has everything to do with the covering that God has blessed us with. Come and if on. we're true to honor that covering and if we're true to be in alignment with the assignment, God will release heaven yep. upon our lives. Yep. And I think that a lot of leaders in the second chair or in different chairs that aren't the lead, I think that the uncomfortability that they feel or that they sense is because they're not in alignment with the vision of the house and they're not in alignment with the assignment of the house and then sometimes we begin to feel maybe I need to go. Maybe I I need to leave. I'm not valued here. They don't care about me. No, it's not that they don't care about you. It's just that you don't care about the vision of the house because you're too concerned with serving the vision of your own house. I mean, what you're speaking is so biblical, but it's almost counterintuitive to like our flesh and how we really lead because a lot of times we make it about ourselves. Mm. Now, with that, you're definitely passionate about this, and I love that. What are you seeing amongst young leaders What's the current climate amongst young leaders that you're seeing or that you're sensing as it pertains to this topic?
1: I honestly think there's a positive, a hope-filled turn that's happening right now. Mm. And, and it came from your language in our conversation earlier. It's something that you breed. It's something that leaders like yourself breed. And it's this idea of honor. We have we, we have thrown away honor in the generation yeah. and say, well, it's about us. Yeah. But now we realize, wait, God— This biblical value of honor, as you would say, is the honor is the currency of heaven. Like, if we don't live in honor, then we can't believe that God is in control. Right. But when we step outside of honor, everything falls apart. I'm seeing a shifting across whether it's social media or the conversations that I have. People are honoring their leaders. Yeah. Even if they're lead pastor, they're honoring and acknowledging that they have a pastor. They're honoring and acknowledging that they're under a spiritual covering. Yeah. If they're in second chair, third chair, you will hear this conversation of healthy leaders. There's honor in their life. They realize that they didn't get where they are by themselves. Yeah, there's a the favor of God, but there's also man, men and women that have gone before them that have paved the way to allow them to be where they are. I'm only where I am because of the men and women that have paved the way in in the life and ge- over generations not just those that i know yeah over generations since jesus came to make this way to where we're able to sit here and have a conversation over our podcast why do you think that
0: there's been a shift and
1: we're seeing a high level of honor there's a quote that said uh for a generation about 15 years or a quote that was going around is take the the road less traveled mm. and that shifted This cultural mindset of entrepreneurialism shifted into the church to where we said, well, then I'm just going to go and do what I want to do. Yeah. And I believe that there's some like yourself that are called by God to plant churches. You went through that season. I don't think everybody's called to plant church. Neither do I. I, Neither neither do I. (laughs) I don't think everybody's called. I I, I feel like, right? Don't say that again, man. <laughs> and we and we've seen people say, Well, I'm just gonna go and do my own thing without a covering and the Bible is all about. But, spiritual but that's suffering.
0: that's so good. But I also think that there's been a generation that's almost been pushing that. Yeah, in a sense, right? And has been pushing this entrepreneurship as a blanket statement for everybody, but I don't think it's for everybody. I think it's for some people, I for but cold. I think that some people are called, like you're saying, to stay in their lane and stay under that covering and continue to, to, to serve the vision and honor that. Can covering. I take
1: that and just add to that Absolutely. statement? I don't think just some people are called to stay. I think most people are called to stay and some people are called to go. I would
0: agree with that 157%,
1: but because of culture that we live in, Everybody's got to do their own thing, yep. and it really comes down to a prideful bin. And we've got to be honest. Yep. It's I think I can do it better, and so I'm just going to go do it. Yeah. And misalignment happens when I start to have the conversation with myself and with those in my circle. Yeah. I think that I can do a better job than the leader. Well, and let's just speak honestly because I feel like this is me
0: 100. And I'm just going to keep it 100, right? Because that's what they say nowadays, and it gives us more ratings <laughs> and more likes when we say relevant things. And um, From someone who planted a church and pioneered a church and was a lead pastor and had this thing going on in Hollywood, then to someone who went and served as a campus pastor overseeing campuses under someone else's covering, then to someone who is an associate pastor. Let me tell you, I'll be honest, I don't think that insecurity ever knocked at the door of my heart more than being an associate pastor versus being a lead pastor because you're thinking of self-image and you're thinking of what are people going to think about me because now I'm submitting to someone else's vision and I'm submitting to yeah. someone else's uh, uh, leadership versus going out and continuing to do my own thing. And I have found there has been more safety and more blessing and more grace in my life as I have aligned myself with someone else's vision and someone else's covering. So I can attest to that. And it's been a hard thing. It's been a hard pill to swallow,
1: but it realized that I had to stop making it about me and and we're pastors so we're always going to talk about the bible you're going to talk about the cur- you can either talk about the cursing of Absalom trying to build his own kingdom yeah, and because of it it cost him his life yeah. build his own kingdom off, off of his dad yeah or we can talk about the blessing of David that yeah. even with a bad leader even with somebody that was trying to co- trying to take his life he would not lay a hand on the lord's anointed right. because David understood that God places all leadership in their position, whether right. they're healthy or unhealthy. Right. He said, I'm gonna serve and right. I'm gonna be here. I may be anointed, but I'm not appointed. And right. we don't like to wait. We don't like to sit back. We we yeah. wanna we wanna just we wanna make an excuse for why our second chair season or third chair or fourth chair season is done when God says, No, I've I've appointed you, I've anointed you to do this, but I just haven't appointed you yet. Wait yeah. for God. That's good. Wait for God to do what God can do so that you can walk through a season with wow. blessing rather than walk through the season with a bunch of death on your shoulders, because wow. that's what happened to Absalom.
0: Wow. I, I, even as you're saying that, I always I even think of the prodigal son. So many times we sell the story of someone you know leaving the faith and returning back to Christ. But when you really think about the prodigal son, he wanted his inheritance. He yeah. wanted something that was rightfully his, but he wanted it in the wrong time. Yeah. And essentially, he wanted his inheritance before it had fully matured, because the longer his father would have lived, the greater the inheritance would have been, the greater the blessing would have been on the son. He said, no, I need to do it on my own. And he left his father's covering and did it on his own. And where did it land him? And he brought himself back to his father's house under his father's covering and he was continuing to be blessed. That's the story that I constantly think yeah. of so many times with young leaders is that we want to leave too soon. We want to step into the blessing too soon. And a lot of times we don't realize that the process that God is taking us through Come is on. to build the character in order to sustain the weight of the anointing yep. and the weight of the glory. Yep. There's nothing worse than to be exposed into your blessing and into your gifting prematurely. That's so true. that crushes us. And I mean, I'm speaking from from, from my my own experience and even just looking at the bible and so i think there's so much wisdom in that i don't know if you have anything else no, to add to that
1: I, I i would just say that the right thing at the wrong time is still the wrong thing yeah and so many of us like you said and i and i as you've been honest i walked through that season at the early part of being a pastor saying i can't wait for him to go I and mean, him and i have had this conversation so when this airs public like <laughs> i just i can't wait for him to step in it's my turn to lead right but I, was, I didn't have the capacity to lead. Yeah, I thought I had the capacity right. to lead. Right. I, and the closer I get to leadership, I know I'm not ready to be there yet. Yeah. I'm not in that position. I'll be ready when God says that I'm ready. That's good. But I went through hell in that season. Excuse me, I hope I don't get bleeped out for that word. I went through <laughs> hell in that season in personal areas of my life. And I look back on that season now where I wish that I was in front and I thank God every day mm. that I wasn't the lead pastor at that point. Because it would not have only destroyed my life, it would have destroyed everybody's life that I was leading. But because I was under a spiritual covering, when the devil tried to attack areas in my life and I was feeling the weight of that, I was able to deal with that because I didn't have to carry something. Be careful, be very careful that you don't enter into a season too prematurely because God may be using the season that you are under a covering to protect what he knows is about to come. Come on, if I didn't know that, I would have been destroyed and I wouldn't be here in this moment today as healthy as I am today. But because I was under spiritual covering, I was able to walk through that with my head held high regardless of what the enemy said. Please, please hear this from us. Like, don't walk into a season too prematurely. Believe that God has placed you where you are and trust that God is going to get you where he He needs to Come get on. you. I, I, so I'm seriously convinced that there's nothing worse in the life of a
0: leader than to walk into a season prematurely. Yeah. Because, they, I mean, the ramifications of that, I always believe God will still get you. He works all things out for our good. He'll still get you there. Yeah. But when it could have, you know, it, it'll, it'll be the long way. It and that be. long way comes with residual effects. And so I I agree with that man. I just I love this conversation and, and I I mean you're definitely your sharp leader. And I would even just ask what do you do to stay sharp? What do you do to stay solid and 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 just um
1: informed as a leader? Read. <laughs> I read more than I than I could uh, acknowledge. I read and I'm listening. I'm always asking questions. Wow. I'm, early on, I thought that I needed to to be a great leader, I needed to have every answer. Mm. I learned from my dad through the voice of my grandfather father, to be a good leader means that you don't have to answer every question. Don't answer questions people aren't asking. Wait for people to ask you a question. But when Mm. they're asking you questions, be ready. So it talked about the preparation in my life. Every day, I've got to add some kind of value to myself. If I want to add value to somebody else, I've got to be a full tank myself. I've got to find people that are doing things greater than I'm doing and ask conversations. I've got to walk in humility to say, hey, I didn't get it right. How can I get it right next time? But when we have this persona that everything's going right, and we've got everything together, well, then we cut off the ability to learn. Be a learner. Leaders, Mm. we hear this all the time. Leaders are learners. Right. But don't just learn from one avenue. Learn from conversations. Learn from people. Learn from people above you. Learn from people below you. Yeah. Always learning. Wow. Man, what's, I guess, in closing, what's, if there's
0: anything, I know you said a lot, but if there's one thing that you could say to a young leader right now, outside of what you said, is there there's one thing that's burning in your heart, what would you say to the leaders, young leaders listening?
1: Your language matters. Mm. Watch the conversations you're getting in. Mm. Watch the conversations you're having with yourself. The conversation that you have with yourself matters more than the conversation you have with anybody else. If you start having conversations of doubt of your calling, the devil's going to use that. You start having conversations Mm -hmm. about how you think you're better than the leader above you or the leader around you, the devil's going to use that. Watch the language in which you use. Language, the Bible tells us, is the determiner of what's really going inside. When I start to think or when I have the... When I have the guts to say something that's negative about somebody else or even about myself, I really need to go back to who God is and what mm-hmm. God has called me to do because the devil uses our own language wow. to stop us from being who God has called us to be. Watch your language. Watch the conversations you're willing wow. to sit in. Watch the rooms that you're willing to let other people have conversations around you. Wow. The conversations, the language that you, get, you become used to becomes the language in which you speak out of. Wow.
0: Man, that was, that was good. That was awesome. Man, Nate, this, is, uh, this has been an incredible talk. Nate. I know it's going to bless a lot of people. Yeah, I know it's blessed me um, as yeah. well, man. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of this episode, man. No,
1: thank you. Thank you for all you're doing. You're constantly adding value to people's lives. People people can't watch these episodes and be the same before they watch them. Wow. And it's because of you. Wow. Thank so you thank so you much. So thank you for that. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Appreciate that. Wow. Wow. That was an
0: incredible conversation. You're probably going to have to go back and listen to it a few times. I know that I will. And uh, it's definitely blessed me and I hope that it's blessed you. And once again, we want to thank you for tuning in to the AB Collective podcast. Like I said, whether you're watching on YouTube or you're listening on iTunes and Spotify, thank you so much. Do us a favor. Give us a follow. Give us a like. Leave us a comment. And uh, we look forward to connecting with you again. God bless.